Hello, friends. My name is Mike Irons. On today's show, podcaster one Patrick Scartelli of the 15net.com is alongside recently acquired free agent weapons, Dan Staley and John Irons. As usual, there's plenty to discuss as we record 880 days after the conclusion of the 2018 World Series. So let's do this. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You and some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Thank you again to the dynamic duo of Rick and Al. Welcome to Entitled Town, everybody. We're going to jump right into it today. There's a lot of ground to cover. Scartelli, you are in the leadoff position. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Matt Juden, Lawrence Guy, James White, David Andrews. What do they have in common? Well, as I see it, it's one of two things. Either they don't know that Tom Brady doesn't play with the Patriots anymore, or that they signed with the Patriots to be coached by Bill Belichick. It's definitely one of those two in my estimation. How are we doing now this fine day, everyone? I, I'm doing well. I hate to pull out a, one of my favorite brewerisms, but I'm hearing the same thing. Mm. Uh, Dan, it's always tempting, for me at least, to want to call out the never-ending gaslighting, disinformation being spewed by just the useless segments of the Boston and national media. Gary Tangway is desperate. He's working nights, weekends, whatever it takes to get anyone to talk about him. So let's discuss this. It's the time of year on the football calendar where it's actually fun and interesting to witness the team building, watch the roster construction. And as Patriots fans, we should be excited about the additions for the upcoming season. Absolutely. Well, we all tend to be drawn into talking about what other people are saying about the team instead of just talking about talking about the team ourselves. But uh, it's an exciting time. Fans should be excited about this. I don't think you can overstate what the Patriots did in free agency. I mean, within the span of 30, the first 36 hours, they fundamentally changed the the, the nature and the makeup of the team. Yep. Um, I think with free agency, I was, I was trying to look at all the different types. They, it seems like they, they had something for everybody. You know, there's like conservatively five tiers of types of free agents. You know, the number one is like your big ticket, big splash guy. You know, he's going to get the big signing bonus. Uh, every team is out looking at these guys. Uh, your, your, your second tier is going to be the under the radar guys that are your, your team. They're not going to get as much as the first tier, but your team's targeting them. And you know, they've done, done their homework on uh, number three. It's not as sexy, but it's re-signing your own players. Uh, still important. Number Very four underrated your, point. Yes. Number four is your projection guys for whatever reason they didn't make it might not have made out so well with their previous team, but you see a place for them. You see a role for them. And finally, there's like number tier five, which is your old vets. You're kicking the tires to see, um, what type of trend is still left. Mm -hmm. So throughout the years, throughout history with the Patriots, cap considerations in previous years have limited how many of those tiers that they could address. You know, in 2001, it was mostly like tiers four and five with the exception of maybe like tier two guy, like Mike Vrabel. He was this, uh, coming onto his second contract. They saw something in him that, that he ended up fulfilling. Uh, 2003, they had the big, they could afford the big ticket in Roosevelt Colvin. Um, and then I guess Rodney Harrison, I don't know if you make sort of a slash tier two, tier five guy, you know, kind of tread to the up left. He can be both. Absolutely. Yeah. 2013, everybody was upset about losing, uh, Wes Welker. So, but they, it, that tended to have them downplay having a tier two guy like Danny Amendola for a couple mm -hmm. of years until he finally proved that he was irreplaceable <laughs> years later. Um, so this year, in one year, they they addressed like four of those tiers, and 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 they got three big big ticket guys, and they Huge had tickets. and the tier two guys like uh, you know Jalen Mills, I think he was under the radar. I think uh, uh, Godchow and 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 Anderson, uh, Kendrick Bourne would fall into that, 
And then, then they take out a flyer and a flyer like Nelson Aguilar. Um, Would tier still, one guys be PFF top 50 free agents? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then afterwards, you know, a little bit later, they still come back and, and sign their own and James White and, and David Andrews and Lawrence Guy, all of these, they were able to accomplish all these things. It's, it, it makes me thrilled about the future of this team. No, I, I think if you root for the team, as the four of us do, and there's, I don't know why that's frowned on by members of the media when they, they get on fanboys. I mean, they, these are the people that are consuming your product and you're taking a, a steaming dump on them. Um, John, on the surface, as Dan just pointed out, Belichick addressed, I mean, a number of needs across the roster. Not just roster holes, the key veterans he mentioned, they still have cap flexibility with the, the possibility of Gilmore, uh, the Jackson contract potential trade that second round tag is on him. Um, there's nothing but possibilities in the draft next month. It, it is an exciting time. Uh, what in particular grabbed your attention? Well, Dan gave a, a great rundown of, of what they've done and, and even putting it in a historical context. Uh, what, what grabbed me is they addressed everything. You know, I mean, they, they now go into the draft probably with one obvious hole, and that is what is the planet quarterback, right? Um, so it shouldn't surprise anybody if they end up being aggressive in the draft to, to move up and, and do what they want to do in that context. But they, they also could position themselves for, you know, kind of that, that best player on the board sort of thing. Um, if the quarterback situation doesn't materialize in the first round, then they can get, you know, the, the guy who they have at the top of their, their board and he fits, you know, kind of not even in a, I don't know where the need is. Like there's, they've become so deep so fast with the way they not only, you know, shopped at Target, right? Uh, but we're still able to, to acquire, you know, the top two tight ends on everybody's list, arguably the top, you know, front seven guy in, in Juden, somebody who you know, a lot of people are very high on. I mean, these are all guys that were, in PFF's top 50 list until the Patriots signed him. And then that list, I think, changed somehow into a target shopping spree uh, and the Patriots don't know what they're doing. Right. So I don't know. I don't know how PFF does that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, that I love what they've done in filling all these holes. Like think back to the team we watched last year, the way they were getting run on. Does anybody see them getting run on in 2021 the way they were getting run on last season? I certainly don't. The, the, you know, just the, the way they set themselves up with this, this financial um, capability and the way they executed their strategy, you know, think back to the narratives before free agency started, there was no plan because Bill Belichick wasn't doing any press conferences, right? He was, there was no accountability there because he wasn't doing any press conferences, right? So there was no plan. Then they execute a plan that by any measure fans would be enthusiastic about. And the media now is, you know, either dismissing the players, saying they went shopping at Target, or the, the new one that we're starting to see is, you know, hey, pump the brakes. They haven't won any games yet. Whoa, genius. Of course, they haven't won any games in March, right? But the idea is, as you were saying, what's the matter with being enthusiastic here? What's the matter with I'm... being excited? There's nothing wrong. So, so if we're going to give you on this podcast a little toxic positivity, right, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be toxically positive about what the Patriots have done and to be enthusiastic about the draft and what's ahead mm -hmm. in the fall. Agreed. And uh, Pro Football Focus did accuse Bill Belichick of going shopping at Target. I believe that was PFF Greg that did that. I would argue that PFF Collinsworth goes shopping for his groceries at Building 19 with all the garbage that they've been spewing over the last few weeks. Uh, Scarzi, any thoughts? Um, on uh, Dan and uh, Jonathan's opening salvo. It just makes so much sense. It, 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 this is the time of year to be positive. This is when 31 other franchises think that uh, they're, you know, going to win the Super Bowl as opposed to the team that did win it last year. And it's a great time of year. It is. It's even, uh, even the Jets fans, for crying out loud, think they've got a shot at it. God bless them. Go, go, God bless them. Uh, Dan, go ahead. You know, one other thing I noticed was that uh, Cam Newton was on PFF's top 50. 
I think he was coming in at number 15. So there were different iterations of that list. And I have to admit, I did a spit take. Right, right. I understand. So we we are going to engage in, in, as John put some toxic positivity this week. Um, John, you want who one of you guys want to bring up? uh, I believe her name is Megan Ottavino appearing on the Greg Hill show on WEI. John, was that you? Yeah, that was me. Um, And I confess, I don't watch the Greg Hill show uh, or listen to it. I guess it's a, it's a listen thing, even though I saw it uh, on social media, I saw the clip, but you know, one thing we've talked about is trying to highlight the things that we've liked uh, over the course of the week. And I got to say, I was really pleasantly surprised. She goes into studio and I get the fact that this is a kind of a canned sort of thing, right? I don't know why she Maybe she goes in every week. I don't know. But, and I'm, I'm not really familiar with the Herald. Um, I, you know, I paid attention to the fact they were sold to a, to a Colorado based venture capital firm or whatever. It's a private equity owned newspaper. Um, so, you know, it, that kind of means certain things, I think, to click to, farm. You know, yeah, it kind of it kind of it doesn't it's not really a compliment. Um, so anyway, so I'm not super familiar with her work, but she goes on to the Greg Hill show and, you know, they're kind of looking to bait her with a, you know, with a kind of the cornball Brady versus Belichick, who deserves all the credit? Because, of course, that's, a you know, the mythical scoreboard uh, for medias is, is that sort of conversation. And I was very impressed with her answer. I was very impressed with the fact that she said Belichick. I was very impressed with the rationale. In the Belichick versus Brady argument, the 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 idiotic argument. Yeah, yeah, the idiotic argument. You know, she she had to play the game because she's, you know, stuck with those guys. And, you know, she answers Belichick. She explains why she goes with Belichick, basically saying that it was Belichick's coaching that helped create the Brady that we've, we've all, you know, known and loved. And I thought it was a good answer. So... I don't know, credit to Megan Ottavino. Uh, I'll throw the... Let me ask a tag in here. It's uh, Megan Ottolini is is her name. And uh, she's, like you said, she's with the Herald. She does uh, straight news reporting as well as sports. Like you say, it was bought out by, uh, you know, bought out by a company that's, you know, not exactly uh, pouring money into it. There were lots of layoffs and so forth. So... She's doing what she can. I believe that she does a uh, weekend show on WEI with uh, the Fitzy fella. There. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And I, it, and, I, 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 and just, you know, continuing with that, I, I think she's also a co-host on Quick Slants with uh, Tommy Curran. So she's got, uh, she's been, you know, making the rounds. The, the fact that, you know, someone, you know, three time zones away isn't, you know, fully up on what she's doing is uh, not, it's not the, it's not right. a, it's not a black mark against her. Let's put it that way. No, that's very true. I I conflated her last name with uh, one of the Red Sox key acquisition in the offseason, Adam Ottavito from the Yankees. So my apologies to Megan. I want to throw a challenge flag on John. The Stone Cold Steve Austin Vince McMahon <laughs> feud was less scripted than the Greg Hill show. She was brought in there. To, I mean, God bless her. I hope she had Mace being in the same studio with Chris Curtis and Greg Hill. God bless her. I mean, they had a delousing when she was done. But she was brought in there as, as a, a willing bobo to take the contrarian stance and just kind of put things on a tee for, the, for those, those overly negative, uninformed jerks. So uh, challenge, challenge flag, John. <laughs> John, do you overturn your call? Uh <laughs> The let's, call let's the field a- is overruled. <laughs> well, let's do a long commercial break and get to something else. 90 seconds, no commercials. Um, so continuing the, the positive spin, and say what you will about Doug Kide from Nesson. I thought this was a fantastic point that he made. Um, this is in regards to the NFL draft. And uh, he was responding to a tweet where uh, someone replied to Doug saying that he wanted the, the trade play to trade for more, for more draft picks. And Doug made a point. He goes, there's less information on this particular draft class than ever before. Go grab guys you're confident in otherwise trade up and out. I think that actually marries well, Dan, with the point that they went out and spent money on proven NFL players. And I think it makes your point that they're going to, the likelihood that they'll trade up, for maybe get that quarterback of the future, hopefully by week five. Um, I think I think Doug made a good point there. I think it's a fantastic point. I mean, they didn't 
COVID did a number on everybody. And yep. they didn't get to see players. Everything was different. Who knows what I, I, I predict this, this draft will have many, many a bust people just going on speculation about what this player will be. It's, uh, we'll be looking back on this draft on, on several players and, and scratching our heads, but you can tie it all back to COVID. Yeah, that's it's it's a prudent course to uh, know exactly where, where you're looking for your players. Yeah, agreed. Uh, John, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, I thought it was a great point too. I mean, I, I think Loki, he's been doing very consistent work um, on social media. I see a lot of his stuff. He's... Um, He's carving out, I think, a, a real, like, nobody, none of us expect to agree with these guys all the time, right? I think we just all want a good faith argument. Um, yes. Doug, Doug could say, like, this team isn't going anywhere as long as Cam Newton's the quarterback. That might be, that might be a reasonable take, right? I mean, a lot of people might reasonably agree that, that, you know, this team has a ceiling of nine or ten wins with Cam. I think they're, I think they're better than that. But we can have that discussion, you know? It's 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 the bad faith BS gaslighting Correct. that I think is is driving us crazy, right? So gaslighting. Yeah, I will also vouch uh, on this one for Doug, who I think not just that tweet, but I think a, a number of his contractual stuff, um, the 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 stuff he put up on social media around the contracts, I thought was was good. It's just he seems to be emerging um, into a vacuum, you know that that behind let's say behind Reese and Howe, that 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 third spot for like the serious you know consistently good coverage of the mm -hmm. team is is there for the taking dan started the podcast with uh, putting the free agents or free agency into tears i think you could probably do the same thing with a lot of the members of the boston sports media uh the tier one being uh the trusted ones the ones that do honest work the ones that don't gaslight the ones that aren't intellectually dishonest and so on and so forth and tier five being the bowels of hell being 98.5 Jimmy Stewart tweeting in the middle of <laughs> fucking March, a winless season is in play for the Patriots. Yeah, that's operating good faith, cat lover. Nice call. Jiminy Christmas. So, uh, Megan, we've we've given some props to Megan. We've given some props to Doug. Um, again, it, it, this isn't, you know, I meant to put this on the, uh, the list of items to discuss. There's a, there's a trait in Boston, Boston media specifically, where they accuse the fans of only wanting to hear good things about the team. And that's usually in response to being uh, criticized, uh, to the immediate being criticized um, earnestly and um, people making good points. And that's kind of the, the, the worst of the worst have lashed out using that argument. John, agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, but the, the flip side, you know, it's, I don't know where we've gone wrong as a society where to, to be enthusiastic about the team is to be denigrated, right? Like where, where did, where did this come from? Objectivity. You know, it, 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 it's, it's that to me is what's weird. That's, I think, and I can't speak for like, you know, Philadelphia. I've not, not really spent, you know, I haven't spent any time there in the last 20 years. The, that speaks well of you. Yeah. But you know, it's like no other market that I've lived in or, or, or even proximate to is like that. You know, it's just the idea, like you go into, I mean, I, I think back to like New Orleans, you know, the way, the way they still to this day talk about the saints, you know, the, the, you know, to go onto sports radio and to denigrate the saints is to get mocked relentlessly and hung up on by the radio people there, you know, and here, it's like if you if you are enthusiastic about the moves they've made in free agency, you're going to get told, pump the brakes, fanboy. They haven't won any games yet. You know, they still have a miserable quarterback situation. Let's kick it over to the dude in the supermarket and taunt. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> That's it's it's got it's it really is a sad state of affairs. Which, let me ask you, I want you guys to ponder this maybe for a future podcast. Do you self-identify as a honk, as a bobo, a green teamer, or a footy pajama wearer? I just I want to let that marinate, ruminate on that, and we can discuss that in the next week or so. Um, handing out more praise. Um, if you're not if you're on Twitter and you're a Boston sports fan, if you're not following at Buckner's legs, 
his uh, his title name of his account is near and dear to my heart. It is BSJ Subscriber Tracker, and he's called out Greg Bedard and some of his uh, Greg Bedard making his first appearance much later than normal in the podcast on Bedard's projections and and lying about his subscriber numbers and the the subscriber counter on his website that goes down. Anyway, he he posted this uh, on Thursday morning, Thursday morning, the 25th, a PSA for Boston media, which was absolutely beautiful. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I will post it um, on the entitled town Twitter account after the podcast is posted. Um, but I do want to give some highlights and I'd like you guys to, to chime in uh, and stop me if need be, if, if you'd like to discuss a certain point, the first it opens with, Negativity without context does not equal objectivity. Objectivity with context may be negative. And he goes on, we get it. You hate success. It's never been more clear than now. For you, every Patriot's failure is like a meaningless participation trophy for you to run around and show off from two to six like proud eight-year-olds. Instead, you should be asking yourself, what will the Patriots learn from this failure? He uses a, a pet phrase of mine that I've used here. Bill Belichick has been giving a master class in how to run an NFL team for the past 20 years, and you've missed the opportunity to document it. Instead of seeking to understand and learn, you've been hunting relentless for your participation trophies. Congratulations. Your bookcase is now adorned with useless trinkets. Instead of improving yourselves, You've patted your colleagues on the back whenever they receive the best stupid question trophy at a press conference. I want to marry this document. I love it so much. Dan, uh, thoughts on thoughts on this the, the tweet in general and these points. I applaud it, but I feel like it's going to fall on deaf ears. It'll it'll go back to the people saying, "Oh well," you know, like uh, Merloni saying, "Oh, you you just want homerism. You just want us to be positive all the time." You know, it's, it's not even saying that. It's saying we want just the same thing we've been saying over and over. We want good faith arguments. Don't don't come at us with something that you don't truly believe. And I was thinking about Tom Curran this this week and some of this what he's written, especially since the uh, uh, the free agency uh, splurge. Uh, and he's saying that how I don't even want the press conference now. They they told me what they wanted their actions. I know with Tom that anything that he comes at me with is going to be what he truly believes he's, he's not trying to snow me with some some story and i think this reflects the same same thing this i hope i hope it i hope some people listen i i i do maybe i'm naive to think that there, there is an effect that twitter uh, a cesspool though it may be there's been a lot of positive stuff going on i'm i know i've gotten some feedback about some points that you guys have made on the podcast I want to continue on in this document, and this this is a point that we've made in previous podcasts. Uh, we go back to at Buckner's legs here. I have seen your colleague, a colleague, damn a Belichick draft pick, and then have to present that same draft pick's case to the Hall of Fame committee. I've seen the whispering and criticism of every move made by the Patriots over the last twenty years. That is a cannon shot across the bow of plagiarist Ron Borges, plagiarist and elderly abuser Ron Borges. And I couldn't, I, I just couldn't agree with it more. He continues. I finally had enough. I haven't listened to sports radio in a year and I feel 1000 times more free to bask in the greatness of what we're seeing. While you gather your trophies on Belichick's failures, he realizes his mistakes, considers why it was a mistake and improves for the next time. And I, again, I think that's, it's something that John and I have talked about a lot is like learning from taking into our professional lives, kind of observe what the best in his field does and how can we learn and do better. It's, I think it's, it's, it's such a wonderful point. He points out the fourth and two decision that we discussed on the last podcast, that fourth and two was called, uh, it was hubris and arrogant. And now it's, it's a matter of course, going forward on fourth down and, and he Bill, bill again, we're close friends. He doesn't endorse the analytics per se, but he is a forward thinker and considers all the angles. Um, success isn't linear, and the fact that we've been able to enjoy nearly linear success for 20 years is unique. 
It's a great point. And this is a couple of kill shots here. The media in this town has not grown in 20 years. It's really quite amazing to not grow in this rich experience of football. It, that's beautiful. Belichick has, has Bill Belichick hit on draft picks more than other teams? Probably not. But by accumulating more picks, he's had better chances of adding more players to his roster. If he has an X success rate and adds two more draft picks than other teams, it's likely he gets one more good football player out of the draft. And I'm, I'm going to add this before I use the, the last line in this paragraph. Um, considering that Belichick just used free agency to a fairly well, Belichick needs 53 football players. He doesn't probably care how he does it. I, th this is another, another point that I have I'm going to kind of segue to. This is, this is a wonderful stream of consciousness. It, it, maybe it's not a stream of consciousness. It's really, it's well-written. He makes great points. And Scartelli, I mean, I'm not, you know, unnecessarily praising it. It's like, I love to read your weekly column. This is, this is a, 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 what I'm reading, an impassioned plea for the media to be better. Scartelli writes his column as a hobby. And people like us are derided as losers in their mother's basement who are consistently turning out better product and more earnest product and intellectually honest content than these gaslighters and Felger youth chasers are. It is absolutely maddening to anyone who wants to be dealt with on the level. There is, there is no honor in that industry. I've gone on and on and talked about being a useless profession. I can't think of anything more useless. There's an old member of the BSMW board whose name was Boda. And I wouldn't agree 100% with this, but his point, I agree with. He goes, journalism is not a profession. And I would edit it by saying this. What they're doing isn't journalism. Somebody stop me here before I, I go on a, a, a Blutarski speech, a moral Blutarski speech. Dan. I caught you off guard, Dan. I'm sorry. You really did. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I saw, I saw John getting all amped up for this. Yeah, I was like, don't stop him. He's rolling. <laughs> <I know. laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The, uh, Let's no, so, do it! So, so, so this is the first time you've gone I went dark life. there. I'm sorry, guys. In the Positivity <laughs> podcast, I went to a dark place. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot to love in that. I mean, we all shared it uh, before the pod. There's, there's a lot uh, of what he wrote that that we agree with. Um, I, I will say there's a, there's a part of me, I look at it from a business perspective, the market, like the radio market is, I mean, they're both soft with their numbers. It seems like they're both softening. And one of them EEI is, is, you know, completely broken down. And, you know, in most markets, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't follow that business model, right? You would adjust that business model, whether you go country format, or whether you try to change up the programming to, to differentiate yourself from your competitor, they really are kind of a, a lousier imi imitation of 98.5. And 98.5, but dumber. Yeah, but there, there's, there's a, I think there's a market for the, the optimism and the positivity, right? They, they could, you know, rejigger their, their business model around being more positive you know and i don't know why they don't do that you know i look at some of the stuff on social media and you know we're not alone with our perspective what you just read you know he's not alone with that perspective i think there are a lot of us who would like more reporting like reese and how and you know we were just talking about tide and you know that there's 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 some others i think who who are doing pretty good work um the but they're drowned out by the, the toxic objectivity um, of, of kind of the, the, the negative voices. And I, I really, I just, I really don't understand it. And I don't think I'm wrong because then you look at the, the numbers out of EEI and they are completely garbage, right? So like, I, I, I think they're wrong. You know, I, th I think we're right and they're wrong. It's not objectivity, it's objectionable in my opinion. And I, and I think that there's, I think that that, that message hopefully gets home, Dan. I think the funny thing is how, what 
sometimes when they're trying to present this to us, they say we're the they're the ones being honest. I'm just being honest with my with my expressions, and it's like you you're really not. But it's 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 weird for them to use that language to to <laughs> to come and lie at us. Well, it's like I, I've been saying. For, I use the I overuse the phrase in regards to deflate gate as other in other what are to me obvious answers. Are you colossally stupid or are you willfully ignorant? Right. Well, you know, and, and to Dan's point on the honesty, the the, the results of the last twenty years, and, and to the point made by by you know Buckner's legs. The results over the last 20 years, I mean, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing and you can try and explain that away, but that's a very hard case to make, you know, 20 years of success in, in the NFL consistently linear. Um, it, it's just, the league's not set up to allow that. Nope. So, so the Patriots have kind of broken the rules uh, of the league in being, you know, successful for a Shit, 20 Now they're going to lose another draft pick with you pointing <laughs> yeah, that sorry out. About that. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, I think for those of us who really are dealing in good faith, it's like, that is a masterclass. That is something to learn from. That is something to report on and, and report on how they're doing it. Like, how are they being so successful as opposed to, you know, this is the, the end of the dynasty. Bill can't draft, you know, these, these kind of garbage narratives. And, you know, honestly, I have to say, it does bother me when I see like the replies in like Ben Volan's tweets, you know, and, and you have these like, kind of random fans who like subscribe to these theories it's like they are they are the victims of the gaslighting right, right. they are the ones who you know and I, and I kind of feel bad for them they haven't enjoyed the run like we have and you know they've they've missed out I feel bad about that you know I feel bad for those people they've been conned by the negativity and they don't really appreciate what what they've had and, and if it's gone they don't appreciate what they've lost no, I agree. They've been, uh, they've been gaslit into Stockholm syndrome, basically. Yeah, they, that is exactly right, Scarcy. I couldn't agree more. Anyone have I any? Just, uh, go ahead, Scarcy. Uh, just a bit more here. The, the idea that the sports media is going to learn something over the past twenty years is it would be it would be nice. But we're talking about the media that just brought in Andy Gresh to WEEI. Andy Gresh is not the answer to any question you want to be asking. And only if the all, question is how quickly do you want to get run into that iceberg? It's, it's amazing. Uh, it got the Boston media. It's got more retreads than a uh, taxi garage for crying out loud. More retreads than a Dan Duquette roster at this point. It, there's, I guess we're making Duquette I, builds champions. <laughs> I have a hoodie <laughs> that says that somewhere. Listen, I'm going to, I'll, I will die on a lot of Hills. Dan Duquette is one of them. Theo. Oh. oh, anyway, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, it all, see, it all comes back to baseball scarcity always. Um, all right. So kind of building on this, building on the, uh, the point of, of gaslighting and negativity. And, and is there a, is there an audience for it? NBCS Boston announced last week. Um, I'll get the PFF in a moment. We'll, we'll do that next. NBCS Boston announced last week they were going to build a nightly show around Michael Felger. As if there is, as if the two to six, the cesspool of two to six isn't enough. They're going to build a nightly show around Michael Felcher, aka the typhoid Mary of, of Boston sports media, patient zero. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on uh, what's the old saying? Nobody, nobody. More Michael Felger, John. You know, that what bothers me, I'll, I'll try to get a little meta on this. What bothers me on this is, again, going back to some of the younger uh, media in the town, the, the folks that are at the, the kind of the crossroads, the cafeteria table analogy that we, that we used uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, how can you not be in the business and be young and see the success that Felger has, right? And, and the reward of, you know, he's got the, the two to six show. I guess it probably still has the highest ratings out of all of them. And now he gets an additional inducement. I mean, that is, that is indicative of his shtick is working. It's getting him more, i.e. it's getting him more money, getting him more exposure, but really it's about the money. And how can you not be in your 20s 
if you're aspiring in this industry and see that and say, I should emulate that. Right. And, elder and youth. so to, as you said, right. It's elder youth or, you know, the typhoid Mary, I mean, that, that, that toxic negativity, you know, that, that kind of shtick, that's how it spreads because how can you not see that and the rewards associated with it and try to follow it? It takes a lot of courage and a lot of conviction to say, you know, I, I, I don't care that, you know, he's, he gets, you know, whatever, I'm going to stick to, to thine own self be true. I know Shakespeare is a scarcity thing, but you know, to thine own self be true. And, and I'm just going to report it straight. You know, I'm just going to grind, do, you know, keep grinding and, and, you know, report it straight. I'm not going to follow that path. That's a hard thing to do when you're young, you know? And, and so it just, it, it ends up, it portends bad things for the Boston media landscape when guys like Felder continue to get rewarded. Agreed. It, you look at like a guy like Mike Reese, uh, like Tom Curran, actually, he started out uh, on Route 9 at the Metro West Daily News. And both those guys have, by any measure in that industry, have, have become a success. Curran's played it relatively straight. And I believe, to Dan's point earlier, I believe that Tom E. believes what he's saying. Um, he's not trying to gaslight us. He's, he thinks he's trying to educate us. Uh, Dan, your thoughts? Did I see right that Felger was teaming up with Michael Hawley? Yes. So maybe Death Cat can use his powers for good this time. <laughs> Michael Death Cat Hawley, uh, rest in peace, Dale Arnold. It just took a little longer. And Dale's case, Dale <clears throat> retired. Uh, Scartelli, any thoughts on that? I Like I've said, I've never, never listened to uh, the, uh, the sports man. hub. So I, and I don't watch these simulcasts. It's just the toxicity of it. I can't, I can't expose myself to it. Uh, again, for many reasons, you're a smart man, including that point. Uh, Felger and John Tomasi can rub shoulders. I'm sure there'll be a lot of truth telling there and a lot of verified sources and that sort of thing. Anyone who chooses to work willingly with an entity that employs John Tomasi and Michael Felger you, you, you gotta i'm just asking the question caller are they complicit um pro football focus this john got fired up over the past week about this we we alluded to this earlier in the conversation where pro football focus completely and utterly moving the goalposts when they put out their Fakata top 50 list of free agents and i'm not sure how official any of these lists are um john your thoughts on PFF Sam, who said that nobody wants to play for Belichick, PFF Greg, the building 19 of takes, opining that they're shopping at Target. Uh, you, you you just did a face palm, so go ahead. The floor yeah, is there's, yours. There's, there's PFF George in there somewhere, too. I, I mean, this, we're not talking about the Beatles here. The, I say, the... I thought there were Warner Brothers characters <laughs> in the background with Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn. Yeah, I don't know. The, the I, Like, PFF, we're all kind of familiar with it. It's uh, snake oil. <laughs> it's snake oil. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie two words together that that really they don't belong together. It's qualitative analytics, right? What the hell is qualitative analytics, right? Or as Dad used to say, figures don't lie, but liars can figure, right? I mean, I think that's that's the business <laughs> model of PFF. Be right? Boom. Just another <laughs> reason to despise Chris Collinsworth, Scartsy. <laughs> Scarcy, well, well, I wait, wait, before, go ahead, John. Before, I'm sorry. Before you, the one thing, the one thing that struck me on all that, I, I don't know, I can't remember which PFFer um, said what. Right at this point, I mean, they're all kind of indistinguishable from one PFF another. PFF Jebediah. Yeah, but like, I, I really do think that the, at the end of the day, their shtick is a product that they're trying to sell to teams, and they're trying to sell it to pro teams and college teams, and and they're all kind of salesmen in their own sort of way, whether they're you know, grinding out tape and, and given these arbitrary, and this is where it gets, you know, qualitative that these arbitrary scores on a play-by-play -play basis without knowing the assignment, without knowing, you know, any detail, they're just watching film score on a play based on whatever expertise they have. Right. Which mm -hmm. I, I mean, again, I'm not vouching because um, I don't know any of the details on this, but neither they, do they, they by the way. Right. So, so, you know, you got the, the, the qualitative analytics associated with it, but again, they're selling a product. Are they about the, the, the product? Are they about the integrity of the product 
or are they about hot taking on Twitter? Right. Because I, I don't know that you can do both. Like you ought to be right. about the integrity of the product. If you're running PFF and you see your salesman, you know, hot taking on Twitter saying that Bill Belichick has blown a decade's worth of drafts. Like, I can't remember which one of them said that, but one of them said that. And if you're, if you're saying that, you know, the Patriots are shopping at Target, yet they, they, they pulled down, you know, a, a fifth of your top 50 list in the free agent, you know, rankings, you know, those things don't match. So, so you're either about the integrity of the product and doing serious analytical work as, as, as reasonably as you can call it analytics, or you're about the hot takes. These guys, they, they ought to make a choice because if they're just going to spew hot takes on Twitter, like why would teams trust them? Why, why would any team look at this garbage they're putting on Twitter and say, yeah, that's the guy I want breaking down film, giving my guys scores and then paying for the privilege. To paraphrase Jerry Seinfeld, they aren't artistic and they have no integrity. Dan, the floor is yours. Well, the, the one that was PFF George was on with uh, uh, Tom Curran and Phil Perry this week. And he had a couple things at the tail end of, of their interview that made me realize this isn't a serious uh, analyst. He's not credible. He, one was that he was talking about Jalen Mills and he said Jalen Mills was a liability on the Eagles. And yet, not only the Patriots, there were rumors that there were multiple teams that were all knocking on his door. So PFF knows what's going on with Jalen Mills and all these teams don't. And I, I just don't believe that. And finally, he was saying that he was trying to guess at, at what Belichick was saying after getting all these players. And it was something along the lines of uh, Belichick telling his team, well, hey, we're not really going to try to win the Super Bowl this year. And for him to say that about Bill Belichick or, or any coach, any coach in the NFL, they're all trying to win every single year. And they all yes. believe they go into every game. We believe we're going to win this game. Agreed. Doesn't matter the, 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 the talent level of any of the teams. That's their belief system. And they go in with those plans for So I, it, it just was not credible to me. Agreed. Scartelli, what would you grade John and Dan's answers? <laughs> Will we go with the old four to six point system that they used to have before they, you know, went, uh, you know, decimal and went to the hundred point system because they've been doing this for a while. And as I understand it, they've sort of got a, uh, a two tiered system there at, uh, at PFF where one thing they do is that they, uh, is that they chart formations and personnel and the NFL teams actually pay them, pay some pay PFF to do that. But they've also got this, you know, this absolute nonsense um, that uh, that uh, John brought up, talking about you, the, what did you call it? Qualitative analytics. Exactly. That's it's a contradiction in terms. Is exactly. what it is. It's perfectly and, cromulent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the cromulence it, of it that. It embiggens the, the the whatever the the Simpsons line was. It embiggens Collinsworth's uh, bank <laughs> yeah. account is what yeah, it does. Exactly. <laughs> I thought I thought spot starter Dave Brown actually uh, summed this up very well regarding PFF, and this is in particularly about uh, the pro football focus guys um, who claim that nobody wanted to play for Bill Belichick. Dave spent seven seasons in the locker room. Uh, this is uh, Dave Brown quote: "It's stunning how you spend seven seasons covering the Patriots, talk to a zillion guys who tell you in no uncertain terms that they enjoy playing for Belichick." And then read a zillion tweets from PFF dudes who've never met another human being telling you no one wants to play for the guy. Uh, boom, roasted. I think I think we're all stand in solidarity with our opinions on PFF. Um, the Dove bot, Dove NFL Dove Kleeman has been getting. Uh, he's been clapping back at some uh, criticism he's received regarding recent tweets regarding the Patriots. Um, he's being, he or it is being very literal in his answers to criticism that he's claimed that nobody wants to play for Bill Belichick. I think you can infer that he's implying by how he frames his tweets and his quote unquote information that, uh, it's it's slanted at the least. Does anybody have thoughts on uh, the Scartsy said in the sports drunk drive? It, it, he may become a boy yet, Scartsy. He may just, but 
Is it worth I, even talking about? We can we can talk about it. There's we've there's you know we've got we've got streets ahead. So it's met. It's it's I, looking at you guys. It's being it's being met with a a wall of meh. So let's let's move on. I think I think it's sadly predictable. It's uh, he's he's playing a role in the media. He's he's aggregating like he's Mike Florio. Um, yeah. Secondhand information. You know, yeah. five minutes after the fact. So let's what does move. he report for? Uh, that, that's, that's the $10,000 question, Scarzi. There's, um, if you want to know who Dove Kleeman is, sample him. It's, 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 a, it's, he's got the max headroom avatar. The information is always, you know, it's, it's Schefter, but three minutes later, or God forbid, Albert Breer, even three minutes later. So, uh, Dove Kleeman, the mystery continues. Um, Ben Volan tweeted last week. I do want to hit on this very quickly. Ben Volan is a, I don't know the man. I can only measure him by uh, what, how he presents himself on media and the quality of his work. I think the quality of his work is absolutely in complete utter garbage. He is a dime store troll and not a very good dime store troll. He's taken shots previously and he took, he took it in the face a couple of years ago. I believe it was 2017. Former Patriots linebacker uh, Darius Fleming helped say, kicked out a woman, uh, kicked out a window in a car from a woman who was involved in a three-car accident in Walpole. Got 22 stitches for his efforts in helping to pull this woman out of a car after a car accident. Ben Volan compared him to Manti Teo meaning that his, his girl, my Tateo's girlfriend story was fake. We all know what that we, what we can infer from that. This past week on Saturday, Ben Volan was rooting for COVID or for uh, NCAA basketball athletes after a game was, uh, was canceled over the weekend. He was essentially rooting for the NCAA final to be interrupted by COVID, ergo wishing that those athletes would get sick with a potentially fatal disease. I don't think there's, there, there was no way that that tweet could be misconstrued. That is a garbage thing to say. And it's a kind of thing that if a professional athlete, a coach had said, it would, it would be all over the yelling shows. Does any thoughts on Volan, John? Oh, well, I mean, the accountability industrial complex, Mike, you know, exactly as as you laid it out. Um, The the Fleming thing is a great poll from a few years ago. That was awful. Um, Certain things we were talking about before we started the pod, certain things are easy to forgive. Like you can disagree with with writers and and media, uh, like in good faith arguments. You can even let, you know, stupid stuff go. It's, it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But that thing with Fleming was really nasty. That was really a, a nasty approach that he took. And this this COVID one, um, again, it, it's kind of in that sort of nasty snark. You know, it's, it's like when snark goes wrong. You know, you're being snarky. You think you're being funny, but you're not. You're just being kind of nasty. It's like the worst version of yourself. I saw a lot of this from other writers around college football season. You know, when the SEC you know, basically, you know, they were ready to move forward when, you know, the college football playoff was getting all kind of lined up. You know, you had a lot of, uh, you know, college football writers making the same joke, you know, what happens with, it's like, come on, do you, do you, can, can you be positive, right? Like this, this, you know, this Monday, you know, they're, they're trying to be, are they trying to be first with like COVID exists, you know, COVID causes disruptions, COVID, you know, is something that they have to plan for and account for. I mean, like, what is Ben trying to prove with that comment? You know, there's not, there's nothing, you know, it's just, it, again, it's kind of a reflection of like the worst version of yourself when you say things like that out loud. And, and, you know, it's just, it's not snarky. It's just nasty. You're trying, I think the flaw in your argument is like trying to interpret what Ben Volan is thinking. There's no thought process going on there. He's, there's no uh, internal dialogue. Maybe should I, how would this be? this is man writes for a living and he got ratioed all to hell and, and good, good for him. It's, I, he continues to show his ass on a weekly basis. And this is someone who's employed by the Boston globe who at one time was a, a respected nationally media outlet, Dan. 
Well, you know, we made the same sort of comment about Belichick and he, he was passing it off. Rooting for be Belichick a, to get COVID all year. Yeah, Correct. this could be a possible scenario, but you couldn't help but feel like this is wishful thinking. Wish casting, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Scartsy thoughts Just on so professional. Can't hear you, bud. Thoughts thoughts oh. on uh, mittens, Scartsy. Oh, that was it's just a like you said, there was no there was no thinking involved so with uh with uh with Ben Volan, so I'm not going to think about him just to <laughs> uh just to respond in kind. You can't apply logic to someone who doesn't to which logic doesn't apply. It's 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 quite it, it, to me, it's simple in that way. Um, last thing before we don't have any emails this week, but I am going to, uh, shamelessly poach from the, uh, the Boston sports media watch slack with some interesting tweets that I've saved. Um, we've covered, we've covered Volan. Um, we've, we've covered a lot of ground today. So actually let me, let me pivot. Let me just go right into the save tweet, uh, the, excuse me, the save posts from the Boston sports media watch message board. Um, I want to start off with uh, someone who I've gotten to know a little bit, someone who I think is is smart and, and funny, and I would love if he would uh, join us someday. Uh, his screen name is Chico Walker. Um, so he's he's riffing on here. Um, the Notice Me Radio Men bit, particularly the, the ones who look for validation from the likes of losers, Adam Jones, Matt McCarthy, Dan Lifshatz, that sort of thing. Um, Quote, because those, these incels will occasionally get some interaction with Adam Jones, etc., that's who they're fans of. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Jim Rice. I wanted to be Kevin McHale. I'd say these clowns want to be Felger, but for all his faults, he did pay his dues and has produced some tangible work. He was among an early uh, advocate of Tom Brady. These guys want to be Big Jim. They want to be Adam Jones. That... that in and of itself, sad. Next, uh, someone that Scartsy is, is cribbed from previously. This is our buddy, Pat67. And this is a, a part of a more general conversation regarding media, specifically the Patriots. Uh, Pat67 says, I have to say, we've been having this exact same conversation for something like 20 years, and it's consistently gotten worse over time. Not to say it isn't a righteous path, because it was then, and it is now, still the futility. Chico cites the sports fans, with a Z, that have transitioned their devotion from the teams to the stumps that talk shit about them. And what's worse, some of them now ascended to being stumps themselves, Jelly Slicer and Taunton. They are the worst. Like I say, all this time we spent diagnosing the disease, yet it metastasizes onward unabated. Despite all my rage, I'm guilty 267. I'm still just a rat in a cage. Again, these are what we've been labeled basementonians and in our mother's basements. This is more, this is, Chad Finn isn't saying this stuff. Chad Finn isn't calling bullshit on the, the just the wasteland, the hazmat wasteland that is the media landscape in Boston. Alex Reamer's just started his media column again. A pause for the laugh track with Alex Reamer offering criticism of any media considering how many times he stepped in it more than, than someone walking through a meadow filled with horses. So F that guy. So 67 nails it. Uh, my buddy Gus Chiggins regarding to, uh, Chris Gasper, who I want to touch on before we go to the, uh, before we go to final thoughts. People like Chris Gasper seriously think they're the only ones that can do their job. Years of training and professional certifications are some such garbage. My fervent work-related insult to her is I can do your job. Would probably take me a week max to get up to speed, but I can definitely do your job. Chris Gasper, you can't do mine now, now, not ever. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. Lastly, from Pat67, objectivity, my ass. This is something we hit on earlier. Throwing that word around is the last bastion of a scoundrel. It's intellectually weak, morally bankrupt. It's just another way of saying, quote, I'm just asking the question as if they don't have a dog in the hunt when most assuredly they do. If you appear on sports radio or some lower tier cable yelling show as Gasper does, you're not objective by definition. 
challenge flag, Gasper appears on over-the-air television, even more irrelevant. Your alleged job is to get people riled up by playing a shitheel, spreading half-truths and full lies, because that's what's valued, and the most effective practitioners are hailed as some kind of fucking heroes, which is why they're so goddamn smug and convinced of their own immortality. They all suck ass. Perfectly put, I, he, he would fit right in here. Gasper last night, and I don't want to get too much into it. I want to end on a positive, joyful note. But I do think that a, a part of what we do here, a foundational part of what we do here, is media criticism. You know, maybe it's self-serving to call ourselves ombudsmen, but I, I feel in many ways that's what we are. Gasper went on a tweet storm on Wednesday night, clicking all the boxes, as I said on Twitter, call, talking about sensitive Patriots fans and comparing – he dismisses Steven Goskowski, but then drafting a place kicker is a very particular gamble, and he goes off on Justin Rohrwasser being cut and then uh, alludes to – uh, his the the tattoo that he had on his arm for ostensibly was some sort of, of Proud Boys organization, which he addressed, the team addressed, and they moved on. Um, does anyone have anything to say about Chris Gasper? He's the flip side of the Gary Tangway coin. They are two peas in the pod. Just because you come in a wrapping from Walden books and you happen to own a th th thesaurus. The larger words don't mean that you're necessarily intelligent, John. No, I mean, it's uh, the, I just can't, I can't imagine finding anything he would say. Like, I can't imagine being influenced by Gasper. You look at just the stuff he puts out. It's not, despite the, 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 the thesaurus that he's able to tap into, um, it's just not, he's not compelling. He's not interesting. I mean, at least I, I don't even, I don't know what to say about, he's not entertaining uh, I'm, I, I don't find anything compelling from him at all. So it's, you know, I mean, it, it, it was complete, it was a typical slanderous bad faith argument to go after Belichick for a fifth rounder getting released. Right. Caps I mean, it fifth, off by saying, as Felgi would say, sorry. Yeah. Please. I mean, it's, you know, it, again, no, no town relitigates fifth round picks. You know, fifth round picks come and go. And if you hit on one, it's right. remarkable. And if you don't, it is completely unremarkable. So it is unremarkable that a fifth rounder isn't going to make the 2021 Patriots. So, sorry. He called yeah. it an epic disaster. Epic disaster. <laughs> I mean, kind of like the ratings for Channel 5 News. For somebody that throws around a lot of big words, uh, it's amazing he doesn't understand the meaning of the word epic. <laughs> fifth round picks getting cut that's routine yeah exactly it's and it's I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you guys but i find his sesquipedalian prose vexatious to say the least <laughs> <laughs> he believes I'm, he I'm, has a brobdognagian vocabulary <laughs> but that's a falsehood uh, very cromulence again gentlemen cromulence again <laughs> john you uh before we wrap up, I'll start with Scartelli. Scartzi, uh, thoughts on what's going on with the team, uh, events around us, immediates uh, in our midst? Just uh, just trampolining off what we were just talking about. Uh, Futility Lou Merloni was talking just yesterday Reprehensible with, regard to, uh, with regard to the, uh, the fifth round pick. Let me find the thing. He was replying, of course, to some... Uh, to some, you know, toxic objectivity fan. At Kiwi hair dye, yes. Here we go, talking about, uh, you know, talking about basically how, you know, Bill can't draft and so forth. And this is uh, the response. The part I enjoy is seeing the Patriots media militia getting out in front of it and making fun of anyone upset that they just cut a fifth round pick from a year ago. Bill's playing chess. No matter what he does, it's always a genius move. This is, you know, this is gaslighting his country cousin. This is a, a straw man argument. No one was saying this. No one was saying, I'm so glad that he picked a, uh, picked a, you know, kicker, a uh, punter, a uh, kicker, kicker, punter. What was he? Yes, he was, he was a place kicker. Correct. He was, he was a place kicker and 
he you know didn't do well in camp and he uh, lost the job. These things happen. They drafted good no one. Scratching. But the idea that the Patriots media militia, first off, there is no media militia. There is only a Pat cartel. Amen. So <laughs> so I, I will I will have none of this, you know. There is but one. There can be only one. They but they the drafted idea, they drafted yeah. last year a all pro punter and kickoff guy in the fifth round. A decade and a half before they drafted a potential Hall of Fame kicker, Stephen Gustowski, in the fourth round. So to again, toxic objectivity to focus on a fifth round pick being an epic disaster, as Dan said, is it's intellectually dishonest. I would say the the bigger sin would be if you're WEEI's program director, winning a bidding war for Lou Merloni from 98.5, winning, and I'm using winning using the quotation fingers, and then not admitting your mistake and cutting him after the first year. Merloni has turned out to be Italian for ratings disaster. Every sh- it's like he is the New York Jets in broadcast form. Everywhere he goes, the ratings crater. And you can check the numbers on that caller. Um, Dan, any thoughts before we uh, mercifully end the podcast? Uh, mea culpa from last week. Um, you guys corrected me. I was going through the uh, the different signings, and I was thinking most, or if not all of them, were were um, scoops from the national media, not nobody locally. And I met, brought up Cam, and you guys brought up Jim McBride. Right. I want to say that I was wrong at the time. <laughs> that's that's a, another another crutch. I think we have to incorporate that much more into my lexicon. When I said the Patriots or the Buccaneers are going to go seven and nine last season, when they were seven and five halfway through the season, I was right at the time. Uh, John, thoughts on thoughts, uh, closing thoughts um, yeah, c- on the couple things. Couple things. You know, you love to say, Mike, you know, turn off your radio. And first of all, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe that means you've turned off your radio. So thank you for that. Appreciate uh, everybody who's, who's listening and, and giving Mike and everybody else good feedback. The, so I listen to, I don't listen to a lot of radio. I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts though. And I would recommend uh, Pat McAfee's podcast from today. He had LeGarrette Blunt on, and this is going to blow the mind of a lot of people, but Le- put LeGarrette Blunt in the list of, of expatriates who had nothing but great things to say about Bill Belichick. Um, you know, a guy who was with the Patriots, left, came back, right? So, you know, he's in that that large clique of players who have done that. Um, he's a, I, I will also say he is a believer in Cam. Uh, another, you know, player, you know, Cam seems to have a lot of believers in the player set. And, uh, and Blunt believes in Cam, believes what Cam can do in a second, you know, in his second year in what is a, a complex system, a very complex system for wide receivers and quarterbacks. Blunt kind of highlighted that. Um, he's positive on McDaniels and what McDaniels can do working with him in a second year in the system. Uh, he likes the Aguilar signing. He likes the tight ends. Uh, he thinks the tight ends are going to be a really comfortable fit with Cam based on the success he had with Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. And he said that specifically. And it was funny, McAfee asked a question of Blunt about McDaniels and, you know, could McDaniels be Belichick's replacement or be the, you know, kind of the next Belichick and Blunt jumped all over that and said, there's only one Bill Belichick, right? There'll never be another. And he just, it, the, the love and respect that he had for Belichick, um, it's, it's just worth a listen. It's kind of in the middle of the pod somewhere. Uh, it's not particularly long, but it was a really good exchange. And it's just a, a, today's reminder of the respect Bill Belichick has among the players around the league and how that is so far disconnected, like like Dave Brown said, you know, from the PFF people that have never met another human and some of the gaslighting we get from Boston media. Agreed. And I would be happy to take an L on my analysis of Cam Newton. And I, I have to take an L on this point. It is becoming increasingly clear that while he may not have recruited these guys to the Patriots, the Hunter Henrys in the world, that sort of thing, that he certainly is not necessarily in the negative column with his peers and uh Kendrick Bourne uh said things to that effect and so did John Smith and Hunter Henry in their introductory press conferences um we are excited I don't think there's anything wrong with fans of a team to be excited and positive 
over the prospects uh, for the upcoming season, particularly when there's been a, you know, a two decade track record of them, uh, the, the gentleman, Bill Belichick um, at in the pilot seat, taking care of everything. So no emails this week, as I mentioned, our email address, if you would like us to send one and give us um, something to, to bat around back and forth is entitledtown at gmail.com. Uh, the Twitter account, you know the address, at EntitledTown. Scartelli's Sports Drunk Draw column can be found on the 15net.com website, and we're hoping to put some more uh, more content up there. I'm going to try to twist Dan's arm to get him to opine on the Patriots and media matters and, and other things like that, and maybe I can twist John's arm too. Um, Dan is at Patriots Daily. Uh, John is at that John Irons. Gentlemen, I want to thank you very much. Um, I think this is a good show, and I think I like to think we're producing better and better content every week as we get to know each other. So thank you. Thank you for everybody that provided feedback. Um, please continue to do so. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us. Uh, it certainly helps Dave's ego, as, as Dave is the steward of this podcast. And as always, as I sign off, turn off your radio. We're going to be positive every day. We are going to be positive every day, but still, turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Come together, Pepper. Start to come together.